Welcome to Across Oceans, the podcast where we discuss all things related to third culture kids, growing up overseas, and crazy travel stories. We'll discuss the benefits, the challenges, and everything in between, from growing up as a global nomad to where we are now as adults. I'm your host, Julia, and thank you for tuning in. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. So excited once again to be here for this episode. Um, I first want to thank all of you listeners for joining me this past year of Across Oceans. It's been just over a year since I published the first episode, so I wanted to give a shout out to everyone who's come along for the journey, um, including Rachel, who we have here again today. She has so kindly offered to turn the tables on this podcast and <laughs> interview me for a change to see um kind of more into I guess your host Julia's life story as a TCK so I will turn it over to Rachel now for the rest of this episode but super excited to have her guest host so welcome back Rachel thank you um you say um turn it over to me I'm just gonna ping it right back to you because uh it was something that's true <laughs> yeah yeah it was something after you interviewed me I was like I, I need to know more of your TCK story um so you very kindly and bravely um are letting me do this <laughs> letting me ask these questions oh, I think you're more than capable and um if you haven't checked out our episode uh that we did before um the story the conversations with the third culture kid therapist check that out um yeah great so first question how did you become a tck that is a great question to start with um yeah so i guess my parents are teachers and they decided to move away from canada which is where i was born and where i was living um, with my sister and our family they wanted to change and see the world. And so they brought us overseas and we primarily um, were placed in Singapore and that's where I grew up. So I spent from seven to 17 in Singapore, really kind of forming my life there as a child growing up. And it was a yeah. really formative years, really formative, really formative. Um, and absorbing the culture of Singapore, but also attending an international school. And so um, really kind of, I don't know, absorbing everything along the way and not really being fully Canadian anymore because I had this parental influence of um, Canadian parents, but uh, now not growing up in Canada. Um, but I never became a Singaporean citizen or even a permanent resident. So I guess for me, the third cultureness comes into that like hybrid of the two, but also the three of the international school being kind of a culture itself. So yeah, I guess for mm. me, that's how it worked. Right. So for you becoming and jo joining this, this clan of, of TCKers, um, like for all of us, it's a parental initiation or catalyst um into that um but it's that kind of world of international education and international educators and then specifically in Singapore mm -hmm. um, 
you talked there about um, not having residency um, or citizenship. What's that like when that was your decade? Yeah, you know, it's a really interesting phenomenon because it is this place that I spent my childhood, essentially. And to have no like legal ties to that place is really interesting because yeah I never became a permanent resident or citizen for various reasons it's very difficult but also I knew I wasn't going to be there after graduation at least not immediately um who knows in the future but um yeah it's really interesting because it kind of I guess distances you from the place because I don't have any strong quote unquote reason to go back with not mm. having legal status it's actually quite difficult I think maybe I talked about it in a different podcast but the first time I went back to Singapore after uh, my first year of university I planned to be there for five weeks just thinking oh I can just go home see my family but on the way there I wasn't allowed to get on my flight because I was there for longer than what a tourist can be there for without a visa. Wow, yeah. And it hit yeah. me. I was like, what? I I can't just go home for any amount of time that I want? Well, no, I, I'm I'm a tourist just like anybody else. So I think that when it that's when it really hit me, like, oh wow, like this place that I grew up is my home, but legally it means nothing. And and then eventually when my parents moved away, it's like, oh well uh socially it's losing value as well because parents aren't there a lot of friends aren't there so yeah it's a it's a really interesting situation that I think a lot of TCKs maybe face absolutely absolutely and a really challenging one in terms of the cultural identities in your story not just the kind of in the field TCK element that we often think of is the, the childhood zone, but those reverberations mm -hmm. into later life, which kind of brings me to my other question, which is about what cultures are present in your story. And it sounds like actually there's a fluctuation there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting because um, my parents are Anglo-Saxon Canadian and so I had their influence growing up um, speaking English in, in the home um, bringing sort of some Canadian traditions with us to wherever we went but then also experiencing Asian culture growing up in Singapore and Asian food and attending an international school meeting so many people from everywhere like having friends from all around the world kind of raising me or their families mm. raising me so then you bring little pieces of their cultures into your life as well so yeah I really do feel um kind of more of a global citizen I guess than one specific culture but I guess now I take with me um culture in the way of like food I guess I'm a big mm, food person that's a big one for a yeah. lot of us yeah <laughs> so cooking a lot of Asian inspired food or going out to eat like recently I met up with a friend um from Singapore and he lives in Paris and we we meet we met up there and we half the time we were in Paris we went out for Asian food which seems really ironic um <laughs> because we're not in Asia or 
that's yeah anyways but that's that makes so much sense made so much sense to us because that's where yeah. we lived it was nostalgic it was fun Paris actually has quite good Asian restaurants um also tried some Parisian food but yeah it's just yeah so interesting so food is a big way I feel like I bring the cultures of my past and current days into my life um but also some traditions like I celebrate Lunar New Year every year mm-hmm. because I have since I was a, a child and yeah it's it sort kind of becomes part of your calendar yeah it becomes part of your calendar and your your life and um people don't always understand like oh why are you celebrating the lunar new year and I often have to mm. explain and just say it's something that's part of me and my traditions like how other people have Christmas or Easter mm-hmm. it's like this is something that I grew up grew up with and I value bringing into my life and sharing with those people around me whether they knew about it before or not um mm-hmm. and it's often really nice to share share it with people um yeah. and finding others who celebrate too like this year I've had a core group of uh people who all celebrate Lunar New Year and it's just so nostalgic oh, to precious. be able to celebrate and actually um the host of the event was Singaporean as well and so we had like Singapore specific mm-hmm. traditions of Lunar yes. New Year and it just it filled my heart so much because you get to experience something from your childhood that you don't often get to do where other people I think maybe or non-TCKs get to experience nostalgic childhood things maybe more frequently as an adult Mm -hmm. whereas TCKs I think we don't as much or it's more challenging to and what your listeners can't see with, that, that I can see is how your face is lit up yeah. when you're talking about that particular memory of, mm-hmm. of sharing that tradition with that Singaporean um, vocal mm-hmm. um, point to it as well. Yeah. Um, that just means so much because we can carry these identities within us and nurture them and kindle them. But so many of these traditions are social. Mm-hmm. So finding other people to connect with. Yeah. Yeah. It really lights you up when you talk about it. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah. So that's interesting. And then something else I noticed because I'm in Europe now, um, I think I've mentioned before on the podcast. So it's again, funny celebrating Lunar New Year with the Singaporean in Europe, just my whole, Mm -hmm. all all the world's colliding and it's amazing. Um, but I've also noticed more of my, I guess, North American culture come out now that I'm living in Europe more so than when I lived in North America. And I thought, oh, maybe yeah. I don't connect so much with North Americans or some of the cultures that we have and bring forth. But then moving to Europe, I'm like, oh, actually, there is a big part of me that is more North American than I thought. So mm-hmm. that was a huge reflection point as well. Yeah. So how does that part show up? in the day-to-day I would say more so again in social situations like just seeing small cultural differences also language I mean English is my dominant language I don't speak French and I'm, I'm in a French-speaking European country and so that's been a huge um, mm. eye-opener too as, as one to how lucky I felt feel now looking back on my TCK upbringing as always attending international schools or being in a place where um, English was the dominant language and that wasn't a barrier for me to have to also go through on top of other things so recognizing wow like I was really lucky but 
now facing some of those language challenges. Um, mm. I'd say it's the biggest cultural difference for me. Uh, but also, yeah, just small nuanced things like maybe, yeah, not understanding a certain phrase or, um, yeah, just being, I think, a little bit more outgoing or more, yeah, just some different social things, which has been very interesting to kind of navigate. You're talking about that outgoing piece, is that 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 North American side of yeah, you? Yeah, I think yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, that's certainly what I associate yeah, exactly. with that culture as well. Mm. Um, exuberance. Exactly. Um, exuberance expressiveness. expression. Um, being friendly, I guess Canadians are also known as being very apologetic. <laughs> so mm-hmm. some of the mm-hmm. stereotypes are true, but what was it like being a this is left field now I've not cleared this question (laughs) but it's making me wonder about what it was like being a um, child of educators Um, so you've got the language down you've got that shared but you're also sharing school culture with your parents Mm -hmm. it's just really striking me as you're talking about that kind of otherness with the language gap now how much same sharedness you had earlier on this is huge and I think this is a whole nother um discussion too which actually I had on the educators going global podcast they interviewed me as a teacher's kid Um, nice so if you want more detailed everybody um, check that out (laughs) go check that out it will be out in May so um of 2023 whenever you're listening to it go check it out but no it's very true and I I go into it in detail a little bit because it's interesting a lot of third culture kids who attend international schools have different um I think it's like called spheres of influence or different identities coming at them from like their parents, from their social groups, from their international school and from whatever has employed their parents for being overseas, like missionaries or military or whatnot. But for me, that there's an overlap there. The place I went to school was the place that employed my parents, um, which created a lot more nuance nuances I think than you would think like there's oftentimes a conflict of interest whether I had um, a teacher who is my parents friend and navigating uh, like dynamics of that or um, yeah like the teachers being our whole social network it was great for like the most part like they became our second families but that also created an interesting dynamic school with friends like oh like why are you so close with all of these teachers or um or even just yeah the pressures of being a a teacher's kid as well I go I went into a little bit on the podcast about how you're not just representing yourself you're representing your family and so um at least for me I wanted to be a good kid because my parents were the school this is their employers these were um, you kind of become part of the cv or resume exactly in a, in a sense yeah yeah and you yeah. kind of maybe lose more individuality too because of it but um yeah I also to have that's huge so you've said that like a kind <laughs> of brief little thought on the aside but losing individuality like 
there's such a paradox there with the intense individuality of the TCK mm-hmm. experience that you had with all of its unique combinations of cultures and ages and moves. Mm-hmm. But then you're talking there about an experience of losing individuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah, just becoming, oh, you're this t- yeah teacher family instead of this kid going to a school who can have mm-hmm. their life independent from their parents' life. Um, whereas my parents knew right. everything that was going on in my life, for better or for worse, um, because they were there all the time. Their colleagues were my parent or fr- their friends. Um, mm-hmm. But then they could be at every school play or sports game because they were there was other friends, parents were off on business trips and they never saw them do anything Mm -hmm. with school. So yeah, it's, it's again, another pros and cons situation that TCK is based. Yeah. And I think you, you highlight an experience, even in how you're telling it that I hear reflected in a lot of TCK stories Mm -hmm which is that kind of good bad dichotomy that we often feel like we're walking the line with Mm -hmm. this is just your life this Mm -hmm. is the experience um and it's it's just a a mashup of of that exactly Um, but we feel the need to represent very often Mm -hmm. which is hard. I, I think the term mini ambassadors gets used a lot, which oh, feels wow, really yeah. reflective because for our nationality, super. but in your case, the family too. Yeah, for sure. Mini ambassadors of the school or of, of your family at, at the, at the place of employment, but also of your studies. Yeah. That's, that's really cool to hear that term. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're not alone. And no. it's a peculiar experience of the education being kind of that shared culture mm-hmm. um, exactly yeah definitely oh thank you for sharing that yeah I mean I don't know too many other TCK teachers kids like in my cohort mm. at school there weren't that many of us um one other who I interviewed for this podcast go check out that episode just mm-hmm. not everyone to listen to everything but um yeah, it's it's an interesting dynamic for sure. What about the culture you're in right now? What are you drawing from it? Is is it adding to your cultural blend or is it not? Oh, definitely. Like I'm trying to learn French, so I'm trying to expand my language culture um because I did learn some Mandarin in Singapore, but I don't speak it mm. so much anymore, so I'm losing a little bit of it, which again is... That ebb and flow very often with yeah. languages especially. Mm-hmm. And then again with cuisine, trying to explore um, Swiss and, and French and Italian cuisine because I'm in this region. Mm-hmm. And yeah, learning from my peers as well, like um, those friends who have grown up here their whole lives, just learning about their traditions and their cultures and I've had some Swiss friends who've invited me over and shown me around their areas and yeah just learning from my peers the best I can it's that kind of sitting in it Mm -hmm. it sounds like sitting in it being in it living in it exactly but then I think the strange thing is 
I'm technically living at home because my family also lives here in Switzerland and I live with them again. I moved back in with them, right. my parents, I mean, um, to study. And mm-hmm. so in a way, when I moved here, I was moving to a completely new place, but I was also moving home because, or like Whoa. back into the family home. <laughs> yeah. And so I still have the strong I guess, parental slash Canadian influence when I go home every day. So I'm not fully integrating again into a culture or a place. So there's those kind of filters of home Mm -hmm. that that play in too. So, yeah, so it's (laughs) it's not a clear divide for you. For a lot of people as TCKs, it's kind of like you you graduate, you're off. Mm -hmm kind of thing um but for you there's there's this kind of continuation and and blending absolutely Um, yeah okay if you could go back and communicate or speak to yourself in an earlier chapter of your story what would you want to communicate to the you there what would they what would you want them to know? Giving myself the book <laughs> earlier than when I yes. found, found out about it. Right. So when did you get the book? Only two years ago. So after I finished my right. bachelor's degree, when I was researching for this podcast, wow. honestly, um, I'd heard about it, but I never like had fully gone out and bought it or figured out how to order it. Mm-hmm. And then I finally did in preparation for this and it was yeah the best Uh purchase I've ever made (laughs) yeah that's so even though you're completely immersed growing up in a world of other TCKs there wasn't that language for you I mean I knew to really explore your feelings about yeah I mean I knew the term third culture kid I'd say from like middle school age but I never really explored what that meant I guess mm-hmm. um also if you're listening to this as a parent or as a kid and want to get that get get that book I'll leave the link in the descriptions their culture kids mm-hmm. growing up among worlds book get on the book thank you so much Rachel for coming on and reversing the roles and I'm happy to have you on again at any time. So just let me know. (laughs) (laughs) You might regret that. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider sharing it with a friend and rate us five stars. We are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you want to follow along and be updated on when future episodes get released, follow us on Instagram at Across Oceans Podcasts or any inquiries can be emailed to acrossoceanspodcast at gmail.com. I'm your host, Julia, and thank you for tuning in.